Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. to the Tiger Woods show right here on the Believe Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Cam Rogers with you as always, and I'm alongside Bridget Whalen for yet another installment of this very show. Very exciting show on tap for you as we are discussing Jordan Spieth continuing to play well, Daniel Berger winning just recently at the AT&T Pebble Beach Tournament. Tiger Woods has officially become eligible for a tournament in a very short time. Will he play in it? We shall see and we shall discuss. And then this week, of course, the Genesis Invitational. A completely stacked field of this week, ladies and gentlemen. Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Shoffley, DeChambeau's in the field. There's Cantley too. Brooks Kepka. It should be an exciting week of golf and Bridget and I will reveal our predictions for this week as well. And we continue our hot streak with our picks. We'll talk about that later in the program. Be sure to follow us on social media. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Rogers 99 and on Instagram at Mr. Rogers 98. You can follow Bridget at Bridget K. Whalen as well. Be sure to hit us up. Let us know what you think about the program. Before we get into the crux of the show, a shout out to our sponsor, Bet Online. Yes, football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing, golf as well. And the only place you should be putting bets on is at betonline.ag. BetOnline even covers award shows and TV shows and reality TV. Bravo fans out there, definitely check them out. BetOnline has hundreds of props with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And of course, the 24-hour online casino. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit that's betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, let's get into the program here. We're going to hold off on talking about Daniel Berger and first talk about Jordan Spieth because he was a big part of the discussion last week. The debate being, was that good performance a fluke or was that good performance a sign of things to come? Jordan Spieth now back-to-back weeks as the 54-hole leader, a couple of top fives to show for it the last couple of weeks, clearly proving that there is something happening here. And I guess the question now is, what do we make of his game going forward, especially this week at a very difficult Riviera golf course out there in Los Angeles? I bring in Bridget Whalen to the program. Hello, Bridget. I'm sure you are very excited to see Jordan Speed playing so well. Very excited. I do like how you referred to the tournament as the Pebble Beach tournament instead of the Pro-Am since it wasn't a Pro-Am this year. Yeah, I didn't want to confuse the people. I didn't want to say no-Am either because that was overused. (laughs) Oh, that's cute. I I actually didn't didn't hear that once and I actually really like it. The Pebble Beach no-Am. All right. Okay. See, see, it wasn't overused for me. 
Um, See, I should just trust right, myself to... next time with my jokes. Anyway, yeah, continue. Yeah. Always go with with the the puns. I love a, <laughs> a is that a pun? Yeah, I guess that's. I don't even know. Go go with the play on words. There you go. Um, I am very I'm very happy that Jordan came back another week and showed some promising form. I picked him at Pebble. You did so. I was under the impression he was going to win. And now for three rounds, it was looking like he was going to. I think for Jordan, there's a fine line with, and of course my phone rings. It's, it's me, everyone, you know, just. It's speed uh, calling you right now. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> his ears were burning. Um, for me, I do not like the fact that I hear people saying he choked on Sunday. He was too under on Sunday, everybody. He didn't choke. What he didn't do, however, is anything spectacular. He didn't hole out like he did on 16 on Saturday. He didn't get lucky. And now this is funny. Daniel Berger did not get lucky at all on Sunday and he came away with a win. Mm -hmm. Daniel Berger, he should have made a few putts and he should have holed out maybe one or two times more than he did and he still won. So he's a, he's like in a whole separate subset of play right now. He's just playing so well. He, like he really is firing on all cylinders in my opinion. So I'm not going to put the luck factor into Berger's win this week. He really just got it done. Now speed he didn't really get lucky at all in that final round. And, and maybe if he had sunk a putt on, you know, the first, second or third hole, that would have propelled him to then have a little more confidence. Maybe. What if? I always say, like, what and if are the two, like, most non-sort of offensive words. But then when you put them together, it could be, like, the most dramatic statement in all of time. Like, what if? So I feel like Spieth is definitely progressing um, that, that is certainly the case. Maybe he, maybe he wasn't ready to win. And I say that like that, that's so like kitschy, but this is kind of how I felt about tiger a lot. When tiger came back prior to winning the tour championship in 2018, mm -hmm. he had chances to win, but was he ready to win? And <laughs> it sounds so stupid. And you have to come close a few times before exactly. getting back in there. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You need to have those feels. Jordan and tiger are very similar in, in that they are feels players. So I don't know if you could say about Dustin Johnson, I, oh, he wasn't ready to win. I, I really don't think that bodes well for his game, nor do I think it bodes well for Justin Thomas's game, but I do think it bodes well for Rory McIlroy's game. So like players are in different subsets of winning and, and it doesn't mean that they're players who don't win a lot or players who, who win a lot. It, it really has nothing to do with it. It's the type of game that they play. And Jordan, I think getting into this position now back to back and we haven't seen him in this position for years it is definitely um, is a very, it's, it's a very good sign. And I think that he will look back on Pebble as um, as it's now, it's really just a matter of time. And now not only for Jordan, but for everyone in this little golf community, it will not be a surprise when he wins. Had he had one at Waste Management, that would have been shocking. That it honestly, Saturday, the Saturday 61 was shocking. We were, everyone who watches golf was shocked, which is crazy because Jordan used to play like that. We, we used to see, Saturday 61 play all the time from Jordan 
And in a similar fashion to Tiger, you almost get spoiled because as a golf fan, you anticipate that type of play from a player like Jordan Spieth and Tiger Woods. And that's unfair because as you and I have talked about many a time, golf is such a volatile game. And like we've seen in the past three weeks, players miss a cut and then they go on to win. Right. So I think that Jordan, if he puts himself in the position of leading after 54 holes enough times, especially with like how he knows that he doesn't have his A game right now and he's putting himself in that position, like that's pretty crazy. Eventually he's going to win and it might be on his B game. He might win on his B game. The field wasn't that stacked for Pebble. It was pretty weak. Yeah. Yeah. So I've heard that numerous times and that's all fine and well, but there will be other tournaments where the field isn't as stacked and maybe Jordan will tee it up there and maybe he won't have his A game and maybe he'll win. So I think it's a confidence thing for Jordan. And that's really why I went with him at Pebble because I, I felt after that Sunday, even though he didn't get it done. And I, I spoke about this last week, I felt as opposed to how Xander was probably feeling, and no, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not inside their head, but how I think that Xander was feeling, I think that Jordan was probably feeling the polar opposite. I think that Jordan took a lot of positives away from waste, away from the waste management because he hadn't had flashes of that that type of play in a long while. And I think once you see that you could do it and that you're progressing to a sense that it's possible, For a player like Jordan, I really think that's all he needs to see. For him, he's really like a, a, um, it's like, which came first, the chicken or the egg? I really think Jordan is the egg comes first, (laughs) which like, in essence, no, the chicken probably came first. But Jordan is definitely an egg comes first kind of guy. Like he has to see the, um, the result in order, in order to sort of continue to get that result. Um, and I think that Saturday 61 was that golden egg for Jordan. Yeah, he's starting to figure it out, especially with his iron game. I talked about that last week. It's one of the more repeatable parts of your game, whereas short game and putting can be very volatile from day to day, week to week. If you find something in that iron game, you can bring that along depending uh, on just exactly what you find, but also being able to just bring it to any course. It's almost like in football where you can always pack your defense on the road. Same thing here. You can always pack that iron game. And I think Jordan Spieth is starting to figure it out. And so that's a dangerous sentiment for the rest of the PGA tour, because we have a very important stretch of golf. First of all, the Genesis, like I talked about, but then WGC, at the concession, not in Mexico this year due to the pandemic. It's in Florida. Arnold Palmer, Players' Championship, Honda Classic, another WGC. So it's going to be a really interesting stretch of golf here, and I would not be surprised to see Jordan Spieth hoist a trophy at some point within those tournaments. Now, I guess the question is, what are his chances in a very stacked field this week at the Genesis? And I will be honest, I don't think they are great. I think it's going to be really difficult for him to win at this course because I don't think it suits him. It's a little bit longer, typically favors the bombers out there. We're talking about extremely small greens as well. Yes, the irons are good but he's going to be hitting a lot of long irons which always makes it more difficult to hit green so keep that in mind but i think he is playing 
really good golf compared to obviously the months before now. So great for the game. Awesome to see him playing well, but obviously the man of the hour, Bridget was Daniel Berger coming off a missed cut. Like you mentioned, I mean, this is like exhibit a of golf. Like you miss multiple cuts and then you can show up and win. It's truly unbelievable. And so we're on a little bit of a run with that theme. Brooks Kepka and uh, Patrick Reed and now Daniel Berger, of course, winning the AT&T Pebble Beach. So, look, Berger's been on a tear, though, overall. You throw out that miscut at the Waste Management before that T7 at the Sony, tie for 10th at the Century Tournament of Champions, actually 10th alone. Before that, T23, Mayakoba, T17 at the Zozo. So, like, just steady, consistent golf and Bridget, you have this analogy that maybe he is the Xander Shoffley, but with better win equity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I mean, from the official world golf ranking standard, um, Xander is fourth in the world. And I think Berger, where did he move to? He's 13th. So, okay. So if, if you look at that, no, they're not the same, but I do think that for me, if you're going to give me those two guys, I'm going to go burger all day. They both have four wins now. That's why I'm comparing them. But my thing is burger. He's just like, he's so scrappy and he's so edgy. He's like such an edgy golfer. He almost seems, um, he's, this is going to sound weird, but he, he reminds me of Brooks a little bit in the sense of the chip on the shoulder vibe. And I know they're not alike at all. I know that they went to the same alma mater. They really aren't alike at all. I just think that they both have this, like this notion of confidence. It's like this elite level of confidence in themselves, which is mm -hmm. great as a pro athlete. That's what you want. And I want to harken back to that Berger's dad, Jay is a professional. He was a professional tennis player. So I think that I'm pretty sure that's his name. Um, so I think that growing up with a dad who, who was a professional athlete, probably growing up around other elite athletes, it becomes real to you. And it's so tangible. Think about like when you were growing up, like <laughs> what professional athlete did you know personally? Like being a pro athlete is such a pipe dream. I was an awesome runner. I thought like, oh, maybe I'll go to the Olympics. And like, I was living on, in like a different, in a fantasy world. Like I was- Pigs was are flying. Yes, exactly. It was like not realistic at all. It was like such a, a, a dream, like out there in the ether. It wasn't tangible. Like it, it definitely wasn't doable, but for me, it was real. And now imagine like your dad being a pro athlete that becomes like, oh, look, like my dad did it. Like I could do it too. So for me, I think that that puts a lot into his confidence. He has this sort of like spark to him that I feel like is so underrated. And that's the thing where I think he probably has the chip on his shoulder because he's not one of the players that fans fawn over, um, but he should be. I've spoken on this pod a lot about how much I really like his game. And I think he is so, so talented. I really think that he sort of gets forgotten a lot in the sense because that class of 2011 was just so stacked. Um, and I even think like a Patrick Rogers gets more sort of name recognition than Daniel Berger. And that's just crazy to me because their careers now are just totally different. 
Um, I consider Daniel Berger as I know it's one of his dreams to get to number one. I see him as someone who can get to number oh, yeah. one. Absolutely. Yep. Patrick Rogers. Um, no, you're never going to be number one. So I think that seeing Daniel Berger win at Pebble the way he did think about it this way. He played with Jordan on Saturday and he double bogeyed 18 you're going into Sunday having coming off a double bogey and you play how you played. He had the lowest round of the day. He shot 65. He eagled, he eagled his final hole when he, he, he had two putts to win it. He had three to go into a playoff and he eagled it. That is so clutch. That is so fierce. I feel like players don't do that often because I feel, I honestly feel like that is some sort of grit where He's not even concerned that he has two putts to win. He's concerned about getting in the hole. And for that, that's a mindset shift. Tunnel vision, yeah. Absolutely. And I don't know, obviously Tiger had it. I don't know, honestly, how many players have that type of vision out there on the tour where they're coming up to 18 and they have a chance to win and they're not thinking about the win. They're thinking about the putt. I don't know. Like, I would really like to take a poll. How many guys out there, because Berger... I don't even think he cared about the win. Of course he cared about the win, but in the sense of like sinking the putt and like, Oh, I'm going to hoist the trophy. He was still in his round. Like you said, tunnel vision. He, he wanted to get that ball in the hole. So that was so cool to me. That 18th hole, I think will go down in history, not just at Pebble, but like that, that hole was awesome. He put it into the fairway, he put it on the green and he sunk the putt. Like that was crazy. And I'm going to say this lightly. This isn't going to be well-received, but Jordan Spieth, I don't know if he's capable of those moments anymore. I, I just don't know. I haven't, I'm not totally enlightened yet. I think when Jordan wins, the next time he wins, it's it's going to be um, a little bit of a, a an easier win than what Berger did. Berger really rallied on Sunday and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I'm a big Daniel Berger fan and that was awesome to watch. I want to see Spieth win for sure. Um, but I was rooting for Berger at the end completely. Since we're into comparisons on this show, how about <laughs> Matt Kuchar of like four years ago, Daniel Berger. Berger does not lose strokes on average on the PGA right. Tour anywhere. I mean, if you had to really nitpick – he loses 0.101 strokes around the green on the PGA Tour. That's basically even. So he gains everywhere, has no weakness, a top 10 machine, can win here or there, plays well in the playoffs. That's Matt Kuchar four years ago. Am I wrong? <laughs> I mean, that closing 65 was his 26th consecutive round of par or better. That's the longest active streak on tour. So, like, yes. I And I do think, I, I mean – no, I don't think he's anything like Matt Kuchar, really. <laughs> but yes, and how you, uh, what you just laid out, sure. I, I do think that. Um, From a blind resume standpoint, <laughs> if yeah. you will. <laughs> Which, unfortunately, I can't do anything blind anymore. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that, um, and I mean, <laughs> I'm going to say this is so funny, but, you know, Kuchar did get a medal at the Olympics. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That is true. It's, like, it's honestly my favorite thing about Matt Kuchar. Um, <laughs> a bronze medal. Yeah, yeah. All right. You didn't have to mention which one it was. Sorry, I had to. <laughs> um, but I, I just think Berger is really a player who's going to continue to get better and better. 
And I really like him for Augusta this year, Ooh. which I would never say about Matt Kuchar. Um, <laughs> I really just, and so Berger, he did withdraw from Genesis this week. And right. now that, that is a huge, okay. And I know a lot of players, they withdraw after they win, whatever, blah, blah, blah. That's a huge play on looking up at the schedule. What's to come. You have the WGC event. You have the players, you know, Augusta is lingering. And I really think that he he's probably going to tee it up at Arnold Palmer. I, does he play the Honda? I feel like he does. So, like, there's a lot of these tournaments coming up that I think he probably wants to play. And he's, he lives here in Florida. So, like, the Florida swing is in his backyard. Um, I mean, you know, proverbially speaking. So, I think that withdrawing from Genesis is going to bode so well for Berger. Like, he's going to get a little relaxation. He just won. It's like, yeah, it's nice to have all these events on the schedule, but you hope that you get a win in there so you could slide an event out the week after. So I don't know. I think things are looking really good for Burger. I agree. Burger yeah. in a nice lettuce green jacket. <laughs> that actually makes a lot of sense now, doesn't it? Yeah, Would you like your burger medium rare? Perhaps well done? <laughs> or how, perhaps Daniel version? <laughs> so. Wow. That, oh, man. At, um, oh, what is it called? Beckerman or Beckerman's Palace. It's like the hidden um, bar, sports bar at Augusta. If he wins the Masters, they should have a Daniel Berger. It would only make sense. Or at the Champions dinner the next year, he better be serving burgers. Burgers, yeah. A lot of talk about hoagie this week and then a burger one. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Well played. We are on fire with the puns. By the way, uh, Burger opened up 30 to 1 to win this week. That is the same odds as Victor Hovland, Adam Scott, Colin Markawa, and behind Tony Fee now. Uh, wow. <laughs> That's some big wow. We'll talk about the Genesis more uh, in a little bit later in this show, but let's talk about Tiger Woods real quick here, Bridget, the host this week, of course, but also he is officially eligible for the first WGC of the year. The top 50 in the latest official world golf ranking qualified for the WGC at the concession that is to be played next week. But Bridget, I think it's highly unlikely he tees it up at all, but it is worth mentioning that if he were to, um, you know, obviously he could, so. Yeah, doubtful. Um, it's nice though. It means that he's in the top 50 in the latest official world golf ranking. So mm -hmm. that's cool. Um, Jordan Spieth is not. Um, but yeah, I don't anticipate seeing him tee it up pre-Augusta, to be honest. Yeah, I would agree. Even though he's going to miss a really important stretch of golf here. I mean, if he can't go, he can't go, so. I think, yeah, he's got all of his eyes set on the Masters. I mean, even the Players' Championship these days for him, you got to wonder <laughs> right. how in high regard he actually holds that tournament because obviously he didn't play last year or wasn't going to, but uh, obviously coronavirus shut that down. But anyway, there you go, a little Tiger Woods news uh, to get you going here on the Tiger Woods Show presented by eBay. Whether rare dead stock or the latest released, find the exact shoe you're looking for as the original sneaker marketplace. eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. 
a lot of SAT words there. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity, and it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers over $100, making it free to sell or flip your collection. So go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. We thank eBay for being sponsors here on the Tiger Woods Show and across the Believe Podcast Network. All right, so the Genesis Invitational. I will not lie, Bridget, this feels like a major championship. I listed off a couple of guys earlier in the show. Dustin Johnson is the favorite. You got McElroy and Rom and JT, Xander, Bryson, Cantley, Brooks, Finau, Hovland, Adam Scott, the defending champion. Should be a fun week of golf out there in Los Angeles. It's a big boy course at Riviera Country Club. But first, let's recap last week, Bridget. You did great with Spieth tied for third and I went with day tied for seventh so even when I'm doing well you're doing better your lead is now roughly 1.1 million dollars so there you have it I like that (laughs) anything you can do I can do better (laughs) it's not fair it's just not fair even when I win I really don't but I will say my stretch of top 17 finishes since the beginning of the calendar year continues so I'm pretty happy about that but okay yeah, I'm really clinging on to that. So who are we going with this week, Kim? You kick it off. Oh, for once. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I went down the odds board a little bit a little bit here. I'm going to go with Joaquin Neiman to okay. win this week. And I don't think people are talking about him enough. Tied for second at the Sony, second at the Century Tournament of Champions. But really going back to the U.S. Open, he has played a lot of golf and really steady golf. And one of the key stats I'm looking at this week is ball striking. And that does not just mean your iron game. It also means your driver. And Joaquin Neiman is fifth in this field in total strokes gained ball striking within the last 24 rounds. He's only behind Bubba, Rom, Keegan Bradley, and Dustin Johnson. So I like the number a lot. I like Neiman a lot to contend, and I think he'll win. All right. Well, I'm going with Justin Thomas. And I don't know how many times I've gone with Justin Thomas. On Let's check. <laughs> yeah. um, how many times have we gone with Berger and Thomas collectively? Right. Like 10, 15, I don't know. I go with either of them every week. Uh, I remember in 2019, after Justin Thomas did not secure win at Genesis, and he said that it will bother him for the rest of his life. Maybe not like in the near future, but for the rest of his life, it's going to bother him. So I don't know. I feel like now's the time. Now's the time and he's going to win. And I really, I have nothing here. I honestly, I got nothing. I just feel like it's, it's his time to win. He didn't play last week. Um, His grandfather passed away. I feel like he's going to win it for his grandpa. Yeah, that's an interesting storyline there because you have to wonder, understandably so, if there would be mental fatigue or anything like that for him this week but could be the exact opposite motivation kind of like Brett Favre after uh the passing of a family member and going out there and 
lighting it up. I think it was a Monday night football game or something like that. By the way, your stats, Berger three times, JT twice, and now three times since the Charles Schwab, which is the first tournament uh, coming back from coronavirus. So there you go. Somebody win. Come on. I mean, Berger won last week, but I didn't pick up. Yeah. I feel like Justin Thomas, this, he's an iron guy, long iron guy, any iron guy. I feel like that's his game. And I feel like this course bodes well for him. Um, and and I, I mean, horse for course, so I'm going to go with it this week. Okay, Justin Thomas for you and his odds, just for fun, are at 14 to 1. So he's tied for fourth on the board with Xander Shoffley. So there you have it. All right, I think that's going to do it on this edition of the Tiger Woods podcast right here on the Believe Network. Enjoy the tournament this week. It should be a lot of fun. It's a smaller field than normal because of the invitational status, but certainly a lot of big names. So there you go. Enjoy the event, and we will catch you guys uh, next week with plenty of more golf discussion. For Bridget Whalen, I am Cam Rogers. Take care, everybody. Have fun in Hollywood. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.